Well, welcome to live. We're so excited that you're here. Anybody excited to be here tonight? <laughs> Nobody. None. Seth already took away my announcements here to start, but uh, BR is coming and it's coming fast. And you're going to get sick of us talking about BR, but, but the, here's the reality is you all wait till the last week to sign up. So let's get ahead of that this year. Seth, what do you think? <laughs> Seth just yelling. Seth, <laughs> Seth fired up tonight. So seriously, you need to go to second.org tonight, sign up. There's payment plans, there's scholarships available. Whatever we need to do, we want you to be at the beach with us this summer. Why? Because we believe God changes lives at the beach each week, and he wants to say something to you that week. Next week, I'm excited, so I will not be here next week. I I'm going on a trip next week that I'm excited for. But um, a few of you know. But Evan Holbrook's going to be bringing the word next week. We're starting a brand new, yeah. We're starting a brand new series called Encounter. Uh, we got some brand new shirts, which Aaron's going to talk about. They'll be available as you walk out tonight. Make sure you grab one of those. Uh, I'm so excited for the Encounter series. Actually, the Encounter series was actually my favorite series that we got to plan as a team, and then uh, I don't get to be here for week one. Sad. If you have a Bible, you can open to 1 John 2. Uh, we're going to be in verses chapter 3 through 6 tonight. I'm gonna, I, I want to read these two, and if you could follow along with me here on the, the screen behind me. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. Verse 5. I'll be, I'm just being real with y'all tonight. I, I, I worked on my notes for a long time, and somehow on verse 5, I just left a blank of the verse, so... I don't know what happened. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Verse 6 is so important to what we're going to talk about tonight. We just sang incredible songs, and you guys, we come in here on Wednesday nights, but, but the reality is, is if all we're doing is digging in on Wednesday nights, our life is going to be surface level with Jesus. And a surface-level Christianity, a surface-level faith with Jesus does not help your neighbor or your brother or your sister or anybody around you that needs to know Jesus. If we are going to reach the world for Jesus, and I'm getting serious tonight already, I'm getting off the stage. But if we are going to reach our world for Jesus, which is, the, which is our goal, by the way, as Christianity, as, as faith people that believe in Jesus... Our goal is not just to come in here and sing worship songs, but our goal is to dig deep with Jesus. Why? So we can go out into a world that I promise you is hurting and dark and broken and needing someone to tell them that they're loved and that they're chosen and there's a plan for them in their life. And he needs us to say it to him. But the truth is we're only willing to go to surface level at times. And a surface level faith will not change the world. We have to get serious in this room about Jesus. And it means spending time with Jesus in spaces and places other than this room, other than Sunday morning, other than when you, before you eat your meal. If we are going to walk and talk like Jesus, we have to spend time with Jesus. 
And that's where I'm going tonight. So if you would, would you pray with me? Father God, tonight I believe you have sent me on mission to say something to somebody in the room. God, that, that, that our life needs to be deep in you. That we can't just expect to have surface level faith on Wednesdays and on Sundays and then go out and change the world for Jesus. That if we are going to see our world transform, if we are going to see the darkness break open for light. God, if we are going to see sin and the darkness of this world broken in people's lives. We have to lean into who you are. We have to trust in that song we just said that I will build my life on the firm foundation of Jesus. And God, tonight I believe that people, that we will be challenged, God, to walk out of this place and really dig deep with Jesus. Because if we do that, God, I promise you we will see our sports teams change. We will see our schools change. God, we will see our communities change. We will see our neighbors change. Not by the power of anything in us, but God, because of the love that you displayed for us through Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. In two days, I'm about to embark on the, one of the most exciting journeys of my life. Um, I, if you don't know, I'm going to get married on Friday afternoon, so. I didn't, I, if you hear, I, I need to get this out too. If you hear yelling from this section tonight, it's because it's, it's, it's I decided to bring my groomsmen to church tonight. So they're fired up in here. But I say this because... As I embark on this journey, marriage is something that I'm so excited for, but marriage is a relationship. Marriage is two people saying together that they're going to invest in one another, that they're going to live life with each other, even when it's hard, even when it's not so good, even in the good times, that me and you together forever, that is what marriage says. What kind of marriage would I have? If after we got married on Friday, we never talked to each other again. What, legitimately, what kind of marriage would I have if after we got married on Friday, I never spent time with her again? The answer is a not a very good one. And the same is in our relationship with Christ. See, I think that tonight a lot of us in the room, we've had that marriage moment, that moment of, hey, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I want, to, I want to follow you with everything. We've had this mountaintop saving moment with Jesus, but then somewhere along the path we've decided that even though I had this marriage with Jesus of faith through, this, through what he did on the cross, now I've decided that I'm going to kind of live my life this way and Jesus is going to live his life this way and our paths are really not going to cross anymore because I have that marriage point. That's not a relationship with Jesus. It wouldn't be a strong marriage. Because you know why? The strength in a marriage is not that mountaintop experience. It's not that day of marriage. The strength in a marriage is when two people decide individually that they're going to grow deep into God's word, that they're going to grow into the foundation of what God says about marriage, and into the foundation about what God says about life, into the foundation of Jesus' love. And then the foundation is deep so that the marriage can be tall. And the problem with Christians today, and I am fired up tonight, and I'm sorry you get this, but, but I think it's speaking to somebody in here. The problem with Christianity in today's world is that we want to be really tall buildings, but we want to have a small foundation. 
You see, I want to have 250,000 followers on Instagram, and I want to speak to crowds of millions of people, and I want to do all the glamorous things. I want to be on the Instagram. I want to do all these things. But the truth is, we struggle at times to build our depth in Jesus. We struggle at times to build our foundation in Jesus. And tonight, I hope that we can embark on a journey together that says that, that at the end of tonight, that I'm not looking for a height with Jesus, but I'm looking for the depth with Jesus. Because you see all the pretty skyscrapers and all the things, the huge buildings. I have people from all over the, the country literally here, and they're like, all they keep saying is how big these buildings are, how huge everything is in, in Texas. They just keep driving by house after house. They're like, dude, it, literally everything is bigger in Texas. And it's true. But the truth, the strength of tall buildings is not in the height. It's in how far they build the foundation into the ground. So I think tonight we need to be willing to say, hey, Jesus, I want to have a strong relationship with you. But it starts with a deep foundation. If you have your Bible so you can turn to verse 3. And it says, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. We know that we have come to know him as in Jesus if we keep his commandments or commands. The evidence of our faith is strictly our obedience to God's word. The evidence of our faith, and I'm speaking to the Christian in the room tonight. Someone that says, hey, I follow Jesus, I want to love Jesus. The evidence of yours and my faith is in how well we obey God's word. We cannot claim to love God and disobey what he says. We cannot claim to love God and disobey what he says. Now, the reality of that is, I, have, I think what happens is sometimes we hear that we, we, we have to obey God. If we're going to love God, we need to obey God, and that is true 100%. But it doesn't mean you never mess up. It doesn't mean you never make a mistake. It doesn't mean that you've never done anything wrong. You're looking at someone that's done a lot of stuff wrong. Like legitimately. I got a whole family back there that I tell you I've done stuff wrong in life. But the reality is, is that I am not defined by my mistakes. I'm not defined by the wrong things that I've done because I'm defined by who God says I am and the plan that he has for my life. So I, I want you to hear this tonight, that yes, our faith is the evidence Our our obedience is the evidence of who I am in Jesus, that I obey Jesus. Why? Because of my faith in Jesus. But I'm not saying, this is so important, because Christians feel at times that we need to live life perfectly and that no one can mess up, that the person on the stage or the microphone, that they're they're, they're like incredible, they never mess up, they never make mistakes, they never make bad decisions, they never do anything wrong, and the reality of that is not true at all. But the idea is that we, if we are going to say we love God, we need to walk like we love God. We have to. And here's the reason why. Because we have a world that is looking at Christianity and says... Oh, they talk a really big game, but they don't walk it that well. 
and I, I, I'm not going to allow this room on Wednesday nights for people to look at us and say, hey, they talk a lot about the things of God, but they don't walk it out very well. That, that, hey, it's really cool on Wednesday nights, but on Thursday morning, man, you should see what they're doing. No, 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 no. If we're in this room on Wednesday nights, in this room on Sunday mornings, we're going to dig deep into what God has for us. Why? Not so, just so we can go deep for deep sake, but so we can go deep so we can love our neighbor, so we can do the things of this world, so we can help one another, so we can grow and encourage each other. The Christian life is not meant to be perfect, but it is meant to be obedient. How do I know this? Philippians 1.6 says, He who began a good work in me will complete it at the day of Christ. And I love this verse because it gives me the idea that it shows me as a Christian that my life is about progress, not about perfection. My life is about progress. It's not about perfection because the reality is when I started walking with Jesus, I started taking steps with Jesus. I started taking steps with Jesus, steps with Jesus. And then somewhere along the road, there was a path where I took a step like this with Jesus. You're like, you're going the wrong way. And the truth is we, we go the wrong way sometimes. Even we get turned around and walk in the complete opposite the complete opposite way, because if it was about perfection, that we would fail, but it's not about perfection, it's about progress. So when I take a step this way or this way, or I go backwards, it's not about fixing how to get back there, but it's just saying, hey, Jesus, today, I believe your mercies are new. I believe that your blood is still paid for my sin. I'm going to walk in forgiveness, and I'm going to take another step forward. I'm going to be better today than I was yesterday in my faith. I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm going to get better. But I'm going to get better. We talk a lot at Second about changed lives. We put it on shirts. We put it at baptism. You've seen videos about changed lives. You've seen, and changed lives is incredible. But a changed life has to live life changed. A changed life has to live life changed. I cannot say I'm a follower of Jesus and live my life like I did before Christ. So if you accepted Christ last Wednesday, hopefully today, on this Wednesday, you're not living your life like you were two Wednesdays ago. Because at that saving moment with Jesus, when we understand what Jesus did on the cross through the through dying on a cross, being buried for three days, and being risen again, we understand that he saved us from our sin. And it challenges me in the sense that when we come to this saving knowledge, I'm not, I'm not perfect, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I was yesterday. Progress. A changed life has to live changed. And I want you to really dig into that in your life. Because the truth is, there's times when you might look at my life and you say, hey, he says he's a changed life, but maybe he's not really living it right now. And that's me, youth associate Ryan. So I know other people are in that struggle. A changed life lives life changed. And again, it, it, I want you to hear this clear. It's not about being perfect, but it's about progress. It really is about progress. Verse 4 says, whoever says I know him but does not do what he commands is a liar and the truth is not in that person. That's a really harsh verse. Like that, that is harsh. Whoever says I know him but does not do what he commands is a liar and the truth is not in that person. And I hope this warns some of us in the room tonight that if we say that we know him, we have to obey him. I didn't say it, the Bible did. 
don't trust me. Trust the Bible. It's been, a long, it's been around a long time. They've tried to get it off the earth, and guess what? They can't. Why? Because it's alive, and it changes people, and it's God's word. Let's jump to verse 6. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. If we're going to claim the title of Christian, we can't just talk the talk, but we have to walk the walk. Because the truth is, there's so many people out there that are talking the talk, and they're not walking the walk. And you can fake it for a long time. How do I know that? I've done it in my Christian life. You can fake it for a long time. But our world needs less of us talking about Jesus and more of us talking to Jesus and more of us walking like Jesus. It needs less of us talking about Jesus and more of us walking about Jesus. I heard this statement the other day, and, and this really broke my soul for a few minutes. And, and I was talking with a, another believer, and, and he said that the reward of the Christian, or the goal of the Christian life is heaven. That my whole goal is, is to make it to heaven. My whole goal is to enter into heaven. The goal of Christianity, the goal of living life with Jesus, I want you to hear this and I want to be clear, is not heaven. I'm going to say it again. The goal of Christianity is not that we make it to heaven. The goal of Christianity should be to look and act and talk and walk more like Jesus. You're like, where does heaven come into this? The reward of living for Jesus. The, re the reward of saying, I surrender everything. That I'm not going to do life my way. God, I believe your ways are better than my ways. And uh, I believe the things that I've done, no good. The things that you've done are incredible. God, I believe you. I love you. I surrender my life to you. I want you to be the boss of my life. The, the reward of the Christian life is heaven. That when we surrender our life now on earth, when we choose God and what he did for us on the cross, there is a reward coming for each one of us that is far better than you can imagine. I hope I get a good voice in heaven because I don't have one now. And I like to sing, and people don't really like it. True. <laughs> they said true. There's too many of us just living as if the goal of our life should just be to make it to heaven. I don't want to just make it to heaven. I want to walk into heaven proudly. I'm in here, Jesus. Why? 
because I've ran my whole life as hard as I can, as fast as I can, not just thinking about heaven, but thinking about the thing that God did for me on a cross. Thinking about the burial of Jesus, thinking about the resurrection of Jesus, showing that there is life and life abundantly and eternally in Jesus. If you live your life that the goal is heaven, it's going to be a long life. But if you live your life walking in that my purpose is to be more like Jesus every day, and it's practical, it's very, to do the, you're like, I don't know what that means. It just, let's just start by loving our neighbor. Let's just start by not gossiping about one another, even in the church. Let's stop tearing people down and start lifting people up like Jesus did. Let's stop this. Let's stop calling people by the things they do wrong and calling people by the things that God says about them. You know why? Because Christians, we like to say, hey, that person is a sinner. That person is an adulterer. That person is whatever. But you know what God says about that person that you're talking about? God does not see their sin. God sees the person that he created in them. And he says, I love that person. And how do I know that? Because God sent his son to die on a cross for you and I. So that one day we can have life eternally and forever with him in heaven. But as Christians, what do we do is we just point out people's sin rather than saying, hey, I know you're struggling with something, but I love you anyway. And believe me, there's some people in this world that are hard to love. But through Christ, we can love them. How do I know that? I'm one of those people. Amen. I could be done right there. The only way that our goal becomes to be more like Jesus is if we spend more time with Jesus. The only way we can become more like Jesus is by spending time with Jesus. And I feel like I've been harsh, so I don't really want to say this, so I'm going to calm down a little bit and then say it. And I mean actual time with Jesus. Not just opening my Bible and putting a coffee next to it, just like they like, this right here is a great Instagram pic. You thought that I love Jesus the most, because I'll just pose this. I'm not, I'm not talking about those moments. I'm not talking about scrolling through Instagram and hearing all these great speakers and communicators talk about these little clips of God. No, 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 I'm talking about you and I digging into the things that Jesus wants us to dig into, digging into the scriptures. A lot of people, they say to me all the time, hey, Ryan, I have a lot of questions about life. I don't know all the answers, but I promise you this book does. So if you got questions about life, you got questions about if God exists, read this book. And people are like, well, I can't really question God. Why? I think God wants you to question him. Why? So he can prove to you that he loves you. So he can prove to you that he's real. But no, we got people that I'm not asking God a question. Ask God a question. You guys have a tough thought about God? Ask him. I promise you he's got it in here and he'll reveal it. I promise you. I shared
shared this two weeks ago, and the illustration is really good, but it's better even tonight. That when we get around people, we become like people. I talked to you a couple weeks ago about my friends that are from the Bahamas, and one of them's here tonight. And, and I talked to you about this accent that I take on at times uh, when I'm with them. And I've even found myself doing it this week. He's been here for a day. We rode in the car back from the airport today. And uh, I even found myself taking on an accent of a Bahamian. And I had to stop myself. No lie, I was sitting in the car. I like hit my, I was like, I'm not speaking Bahamian this week, okay? I'm not from the Bahamas. From New York. Go Knicks. But... The reality is so true, and it can be good and it can be bad. You become like the people you hang out with. So if you want to become like Jesus, guess what? You got to hang out with Jesus. You have to spend time with them. You want your building to be really high? Build the foundation. The strength is not in the height of the building. The strength is in the foundation of the building. Taylor taught me that because he's an Aggie. Because here's the truth. The world is watching. Whether you believe it or not, the world is watching. The world is watching when natural disasters happen I don't know if you remember Hurricane Harvey or not. It affected a little bit of us in this room. Guess what? The world was watching when that happened. And guess what? Our church and our community, they saw the people of God stand up and say, hey, I'm not running from this hurricane. I'm not running from the people that are hurting. No, no, I'm running to the people that are hurting. And that's a great example. And a lot of you were a part of that. Me and Seth Phipps, we like swimming through apartment complex, taking out armadillos out of apartments. An armad- First of all, you got an armadillo as a pet. That's weird. Get a dog. I get a little chihuahua or something, same size. I don't know what a chihuahua is, but I just said it. That's the, that's the rap version. <laughs> like, chihuahua, that'd be a song, like Bow Wow. But the truth is, during Hurricane Harvey, the world saw the church stand up and say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to represent who God is. I'm not running from the problem, I'm running to the problem. There's good examples and there's bad examples. But it reminds me that the world is watching you and I. And you're like, you're talking about the world. No, no, I'm talking about your cousin. I'm talking about your math teacher. I'm talking about your phys ed teacher. I'm talking about your football coach. I'm talking about your band director. And guess what? They don't get to watch me on Wednesday nights. But they do get to watch you in the classroom every day. They do get to see the way you treat your neighbor in the classroom. You want to see your teachers come to know Christ that don't? I hear that all the time from students. Oh, man, I I want my teacher to come to Christ. That's an incredible goal. But start living like Christ in your classroom. It only happens when we go deep with God. The way you walk with Jesus shows a lot about the way you talk with Jesus. Only talk to him before meals or when you come in here. Most people around you probably can see that. 
But when we go deep into what God has for us, when we spend time with God, I promise you the natural result is to live a life different and change and to stand out for God. I'm talking about in your prayer life, in your reading the Bible, in the way you talk about your friends when they're not around. The world is watching. Me and Bailey, as we have decided to embark on this journey of marriage, we decided very early on, probably in the first week of being engaged, that we don't want to live our we don't want to live life and be married for us. That we want our marriage to be an example of Jesus and the way that he loves his people. That if we just lived married the whole time and it was only about, hey, look at them, they're awesome, they're incredible, it would be a waste of time. But if we can get our eyes and we can get our marriage fixed on Jesus so that when people look at us, they don't look at Ryan and Bailey and see how awesome they are. They look at the God that we love and the God that we serve and say, man, I, they are really two messed up humans, but they serve an awesome God that they're living like that. And the same needs to be in your life. And it's not in marriage, not yet. But when the world looks at you, what do they see? And the reality is this. I understand the truth that some of you have been sitting in here the whole time and you're like, Ryan, I don't even know anything about what you're talking about. That I've never had this marriage moment. I've never had this relationship moment with Jesus. And tonight I want to give you that opportunity. I talked about that reward, which is heaven. There's only one way to enter into heaven, and it's through choosing on this life and this earth. Jesus, I want to surrender my life to you. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to be the everything in my life. Jesus, I believe what you did on the cross for me was enough. I believe that the blood that you shed for me and the way you rose from the grave on the third day proves your love for me and proves your ability to beat death and sin. So tonight, I, I believe that there may be somebody in here that you need to start a relationship with Jesus. So no one looking around.